this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Everybody, Sam Goodman, the Hop Nerd, bringing you another Hop Minute here on the Hop Nerd Podcast, the home of the safety outcast, the safety misfits, the safety anarchists, the safety others. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm coming to you from the sunny and the beautiful downtown Phoenix, Arizona. Before we jump into today's Hop Minute, do me a favor, head over to the website www.thehopnerd.com. Follow along on all things social media at the Hop Nerd, or you can find me under Sam Goodman, Sam U. Goodman. You know what this ugly mug looks like more than likely, so wherever you see this face and my name, it's it should be me. It, let's, let's hope that it's me. Anywhere where people are doing a peopley ish things online i'm pretty much there so if you want to come hang out in the virtual world with me do that slide into the dms let me know your thoughts on the show all that kind of sort of stuff do me a favor if you want to support the show the best thing you can do the absolute most amazing thing for us that you can do is scroll down leave us some stars interact with their stuff on social media all that kind of sort of stuff those those those, those free ways of supporting the podcast that just mean the world to us and they quite literally help us to keep the lights on around here. They help this podcast reach a greater audience, which is just absolutely awesome. And don't forget, don't forget, I always have to throw this in there. The new book, Safety Sucks Manifesto, will be out in May. It's just, it's right around the corner. It's right around the corner. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to bring this to you. If you haven't read the first one, you can go pick it up on your local Amazon marketplace or pretty much anywhere that you find books being sold, right? You can you can pretty much find the original one. And then also the second expanded edition of the OG Safety Sucks book is also available along with all kinds of other stuff. If you want more info on the books or anything like that, you can head over to www.pillhorsemedia.c. Oh, so I, I want to I wanna have a quick little conversation around kind of safety practitioners just in general and then just some thoughts on kind of like how we deal with people <laughs> and I know that's broad so we're just going to kind of I, I wing these things you know that it just kind of starts and it goes and it's just a thought exploration and we throw it out there and then you give me your feedback and then we we, we go from there that, that's that's how this thing works you know that you know that <laughs> But what I, what I kind of want to talk about is this, is kind of the organization's views around the safety practitioner and, and two, two assumptions in particular, right, that are, uh, they're strongly held by organizations, but opposing assumptions. A lot of, org- a lot of times in our organizations, we say that safety is super duper important and, and rightfully so, right? S- safety is everywhere, and so must be the safety practitioner. So the role of the safety practitioner is vital and super important, and we must have them, and they must have their hands in everything, and they must reach out and touch every employee every second of every single day because that's how they are to be effective. But here's the other assumption. Safety practitioners are costly and provide little value to our organization. <laughs> so organizationally, we desire to have it both ways. We, we, we want to have our cake and we want to eat it too. Our wish is to have a world in which the safety practitioner is deeply involved in every task and engaged with each and every employee always. But we also strongly desire a world in which we cut safety staff to the bone 
and we employed just the singular lone wolf safety professionals, no matter the size and scope of the project or location. In one breath, organizations preach about the importance of the safety practitioner, but in another, they be, they belittle their impact and cut their budget, right? We, we kind of make these ridiculous demands around the safety practitioner. A lot of stuff that we talked about in the first book, right? Well, organizations will say things like, we expect you to have 95% of your time spent in the field observing work while also demanding that you never miss a meeting or fall behind on our sacred administrative tasks, <laughs> right? Right. So we, we, we craft this world in which ultimately, ultimately we, we want kind of the easy safety fix it thing, but then we also kind of sort of don't see the value in it. Right? We, we have these two strongly held but opposing assumptions about the practitioner. And from these contradicting beliefs, obviously seems a world of problems and frustrations is both for the practitioners and the organizations that they serve. For us as practitioners, we find ourselves stretched beyond our limits, working ourselves into the ground. Organizations feel perpetually let down by the practitioner for not meeting their impossible expectations of being everywhere always and catching everything always, all while keeping up with any bit of administrative clutter that has found its way into our safety junk drawer. And this dynamic that is created between the, the practitioner and the one that employs them, one in which the organization is constantly questioning the effectiveness of the practitioner, this kind of what have you done for me lately kind of attitude leaves the safety practitioner on edge and fearful. The employer of the practitioner is ever questioning and distrustful of the work ethic of this lazy safety practitioner, uh, of the of this person that holds this position. And this harmful dynamic, it's just, it's just nothing good, right? Even when we have important tasks that need to be completed in our office, at least safety practitioners go, I'm not staying, I'm not going to my office because it, it, it's the perception would be bad by my employer. Even if it's in the slowest of times, we have to appear busy walking around feverishly with our clipboard looking confused, right? I was, <laughs> I was literally told that when I first started this profession, by a, it's a funny side story, right? Uh, by another, uh, more seasoned safety professional. Like just, if you're in the field and you, you don't really have anything to do, um, and you know, kind of super slow, just walk around and look confused and people will think you're busy and, and it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so not not good advice. Let me just say that's probably not the best advice, but just just saying that just hit me as we were kind of talking about this. But what what this results in is it drives you know the safety practitioner to ultimately feel anxious, nervous, undervalued, belittled. Right. It drives the employer to constantly check up on the practitioner, double checking, triple checking that they're not slacking in their sacred safety responsibilities. It causes the employer to micromanage the safety practitioner into the ground, right? It's it's just just insane, right? And I think it's safe to insert here that look, not all professionals are created equally, right? Safety professionals included, and I'm I'm not going down this road of trying to paint all safety people as angelic beings that are devoid of the flaws of humanity or, or anything like that. Um, you know, as much as we lean into and we need to start with the under underlying belief that you know the vast majority of people out there are good, right? And, and that should always be the starting point for us because 99.9%, right? The vast majority of people are good and that's where our beliefs should start. You know, most people show up to work every day for the right reasons. They make the best decisions that they can based off of the situations that they find themselves in and they hope to do a good job. We still have to remember that shitheads do exist. And, and this is kind of where we're circling back into just kind of general people stuff from the profession. Now that I've got that kind of profession rant out of the way, 
Um, but shitheads do exist. And even though they present in a very minuscule amount, they do exist. And we need to acknowledge their existence. So we always talk about this thing called the shithead clause. <laughs> this is this is what I wanted to throw out there. So with, with the with this idea in mind, right, that the vast majority, in, in, in all likelihood, when you think you're dealing with a shithead, you're actually not. So that that's that's the preface. This, if you think you're dealing with a shithead, ninety nine point nine percent of the time you're dealing with just a normal person that has found themselves in a not great situation, and your perception is indicating to you that they are a shithead when they are not. But the shithead clause says this: there are bad actors that exist in our world. You always have the potential to encounter the ill-intentioned, to encounter con artists, crooks, the lazy. And sometimes you encounter the downright vile. Although rare, super rare, they do in fact exist. And we must acknowledge their existence and be prepared for them. But we, all mu- we must always, 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 always remember the vast majority of people are not shitheads. Treat people like people and deal with shitheads appropriately. <laughs> so let's, let's tie this back into the practitioner. It's actually pretty simple. It's actually pretty simple. Organizations out there, if you're listening, leaders out there, if you're listening, it's pretty simple. Your safety practitioner is more than likely not a shithead. They're not lazy. They're not, they're not trying to game the system. They're not trying to do anything like that. They're not a shithead. But what we do as organizations is we typically treat safety people like shitheads. That's the starting point, right? The problem is that even though organizations tout the importance of the role, broadly with a wide brush paint safety practitioners as shitheads and regularly employ tactics against them that should only if ever if ever be used when dealing with shitheads organizations start from a place of distrust of the practitioner distrust that is compounded by the practitioner frequently failing to meet the near impossible expectations set forth by the organization. This, this mixture of mix-matched and conflicting assumptions coupled with some of the, with the other beliefs that we hold around the practitioner leads to the safety practitioner to ultimately be othered and an outcast and thought, find themselves in this world of being micromanaged to death. So what we really need to start doing, and hey, organizations, just, just listen, right? It's a pretty simple concept, right? It's a simple concept that's foreign to most organizations. It's this, and we've, we've talked about this a bunch. Treat people how you would like to be treated. A gigantic first step in the de-othering of safety practitioners is to simply treat them as fellow human beings, as normal people, and have an understanding that they are, in fact, more than likely, not shitheads. It's this. Safety people are people, too. Safety people are people, too. Make sure that you understand that they have basic human needs. They can't live in an environment in which they're anxious, in which they're fearful, in which they feel constantly on edge because the organization is persistently peering over their shoulder. And they always have to have a well-prepared and crafted answer of exactly what they're doing at every millisecond of the day to try to justify their existence. Safety people are people too. They need a lot, if not all, let's just say all, all of the same stuff, right? They, they want, they, they seek belonging. 
They want their input heard. They want to trust and be trusted. They, they want dignity and respect. They want to make an impact. They want to do a good job. They need community. They need friendship. Every now and again, they need a pat on the back and a job well done. Right? They need all the same stuff that just we as normal people desire and need, these basic kind of human needs. But we never get there if we continue to start from a place of othering safety people and ultimately starting from a place of viewing them as shitheads. Again, shitheads exist. They're out there, but barely. <laughs> Let's just say barely. Right? Most people show up to work, safety people included, to try to do a damn good job and go home and be with their families and do whatever, their dogs, do whatever, do whatever it is that they love to do. So start from a better assumption of understanding that whether it's safety people or anyone else, more than likely, you're not dealing with a shithead. And if you are, swiftly make them available to the industry. <laughs> but it's rare. That's all I've got. What are your thoughts? I know this one was kind of weavy in and out, kind of a couple thoughts strung together, but I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Hit me up, thehopnerd at gmail.com. Sam at thehopnerd.com. Slide into the G, into, it slide into the Gmails. There we go. Slide into the DMs. There we go. I'll, I'll get words out. You know me. I struggle with words. Uh, but let me know. I would love to hear your thoughts. That's all I've got. Sam Goodman, the Hopner, signing off. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.